I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and its many games in as non-creepy a way as we can, which is pretty non-creepy. I, I don't even, I'm not even near them. Speak for I'm yourself. In I'm in a bush. I'm in a bush right now. <laughs> well, I got a trench coat going. It's Joe, sorry. you live in Buffalo, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true. I do. I mean, right, uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> now, that, now that Joe has introduced himself in, in a trench-coated manner... Uh, we'll just move straight on into talking about the big news of today. If you are listening to us live, um, then you will know that the most recent patch for World of Warcraft, patch 9.0.1, the Shadowlands pre-expansion patch has dropped. And if you are listening to us recorded, well, it has dropped, but it's the future, so it had dropped a couple days ago. Um, either way, however, it's it comes with a, a lot of changes. I believe, Joe, you on Twitter described it as the most changes World of Warcraft has seen since Cataclysm, and I must agree with you. If not, actually think maybe more changes than even Cataclysm. I I think it, well, when I say that, uh, Cataclysm at the time was probably the largest change that the game had ever gone through, right? It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the entire world shifted, things changed, new there was phasing was really a thing that was the first time it really hit any sort of like major push into uh, the game world. Like we had phasing in certain things in like Northrend and, and Wrath of the Lich King, but not nearly like Cataclysm did. Cataclysm you made extensive use of it. Uh, character models were updated, new character class race combinations were uh, introduced, finally giving us things like dwarf uh, dwarf mages which were supposed to be in the original game and are actually if you go back to the original vanilla box game and look at the manual yes because games came with actual thick manuals back then uh, you would see it as one of the class race combinations that it was promised but they just never put in the game until then cataclysm was massive and it was a massive overhaul of the game and it took several days for everything to settle down for that now with this this is the the largest change this game has ever seen. Uh, between the character squish across the board, the changes to the leveling system across the board, uh, the way that the world itself has had to shift, the new starting experience for players, everything else that's in this game, not to mention the character customization, the upgraded models that are still being introduced in this, uh, which Matt is, if you know, you're know you watching us live right now, you can see his brand new uh, dead-eyed uh, Night Elf 
with, you know, bare fists, because that's a thing he can do now. This is massive. Uh, And one of the other things I said on Twitter earlier today, and if you are listening to us after this goes live, whether it is, uh, you know, you're a Patreon supporter and you're getting this early or you're catching this when it goes live for the general public, if things aren't working perfectly for you, I implore you, be chill, give it time. Uh, The people that are working on this behind the the scenes, the server teams, the fact that the servers are not on fire right now with the sheer volume of players returning to this game on top of everything else that just got pushed live. If you've ever worked in IT, if you've ever worked in servers or software management or anything of those, anything of that nature, you have a small idea of how much hell they're going through right now. Uh, and so they're doing patient. it during a pandemic. And they're doing it during a pandemic. So I, I will though say, yeah. one thing I'm going to say here, uh, I, I had... I started trying to log on when the service went up and I had an hour straight of not being able to log on. So if you are trying to log on, be patient, maybe go, you know, I, I kind of had this show about to happen, so I couldn't really just walk away and come back and hope I got in. But if you can go do something else for a couple hours, uh, give yourself and give the game time to let people on to balance out the demand. A lot of people are going to the barbershop right now. Yep. So these are all things to keep in mind. Major cities got that happening. There's a ton happening. Some pro tips, though. If you are going to go into the game and you can get into the game and you want to go to a barbershop, try to find some of the areas that are a little bit more out of the way. Um, you know, the nether, don't forget like nether storm has a barbershop. Um, nobody goes to nether storm anymore. Uh, try to avoid like Orgrimmar and Stormwind if you can. Uh, if you're worried any bit about lag or how the system is going to chug with all of that too, um, you can find other places to go that have these options for you for particularly like the barbershop, which I'm sure is what people have been waiting for the most. So don't just limit yourself to the major cities if you can. Uh, just a little pro tip. Yeah, I would absolutely say that. Like, I mean, of course, I'm currently in Stormwind because, you know, I'm that person. You're but kind of on the outskirts of Stormwind. It's yeah, fine. but I do go to the barbershop, dude. You think I went to the barbershop someplace else? <laughs> yes, but you're well, a madman. Yeah, yeah I, we've, we've established this. We both, were both not very, very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm actually... One of the things I'm super excited about is older playstyles coming back. Like, as yeah. you can see here, I'm using two-fist weapons. This isn't just for cosmetic purposes like it would have been a week ago. Uh, this is literally what my current loadout is designed around. It's designed around punching things. Uh, that is what I will be doing in combat. If you look at my uh, character sheet, you will see I have a. I actually even have. Um, I got a sword and a fist weapon equipped. Like I got a fist weapon, and that's why I'm using. Uh, I'm so literally about as designed for combat with you know one-handed weapons as one can be. Uh, as to why I decided to use a fist weapon, uh, purely just because I could. But that's the thing. A lot of classes are getting stuff like that back. Death Knights, for instance, your Frost DK can use a two-hander again. Um, uh, monks, I, I believe they, they made some changes to Monk stuff as well. Although, to be honest, I don't know what changes they made to Monks because I haven't played my Monk in a very long time. Uh, so, yeah, there's a ton of stuff like that getting changed to bring back things people were interested in. Which I'm very happy about. A lot of the, I think the, the, the way it was described was the ability depruning, yeah. where a lot of abilities were made. It wasn't just that abilities were brought back. A lot of abilities were made cross class. Um, one of the abilities I should have on this character, 
it's it's probably not on my bars at the moment because I have not. But there it is. Ignore pain on my mm -hmm. Fury Warrior. Um, that's not an ability I've been using very much on this Fury Warrior, as you might understand, because I have not had it until today. And when you say cross class, you mean cross spec for those of, yes, for those of you it's, at home. It's, a, it's across the class. Uh, there's Intervene, another ability that I did not have that I now have. I'll put that right there. I do have clutted bars, and I admit that. But this is one of the things I was most excited about with Shadowlands in general, and, and the fact that, like, we talked about this about a month ago, two months ago, when I when I f first got into the beta. Like, you're getting these utility spells and abilities to the class again back that let you do some really heroic and weird things again. And it's bringing back a flavor uh, or style to the game that I didn't realize I was missing until right then. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much a case where some of these, like a lot of these abilities beforehand, I'm going to use, again, I'm using the warrior because that's what I've got here in front of me. But for instance, spell reflection. Mm -hmm. Spell reflection is not an ability I used a lot because, again, it wasn't something that I could use except under my prop warrior. So I used it on my prop warrior. Um, but now I have access to it and can use it whenever I want to, basically. And that's kind of amazing. I mean, the, the, the survivability for this class just went way up. Uh, then they even brought back an ability like Shattering Throw. Remember Shattering Throw? I do, actually. <laughs> it's, it's back. And now if somebody's wearing a bubble, uh, you hit them with this thing. It does 500% extra damage and it pops the bubble. So if someone's going to absorb shield going, yep. you can mess them up. And there's just a lot to this that I'm really fascinated to see how it actually plays out as people go about you know, rediscovering their characters. There's there's a lot of changes. Um, if you've you, when you log on, your talent your talents are refunded because you they have changed pretty much every talent tree. Yeah, uh, partially because, like I said, some abilities are now across the entire class. They're they're every every spec has them. Um, for, one of the cool things about that is, by the way, if you want to tank on a warrior and you don't necessarily want to be prod, you can at least ex attempt it, uh, or you can try the thing that used to be able to do all the time where you could, oh, the tank just went down. You could slap on your shield really fast and hit yeah. the taunt button. That's something you can actually do now that you've got ignore pain and you've got shield slam. You know, the, these are things that, you know, any warrior can do. So there's there's a lot to it. I, I, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to try and let Joe talk about Shaman a bit. And then maybe we can like just talk about some other stuff. I know there's lots of other classes, guys. I'm sorry, I don't play all of them. And I'm not... <laughs> I'm not that talented in a lot of them. Like I could talk about paladins if you want, but it's going to be, I'm not good with holy power. So I kind of mess up a lot. One, but yeah. And I don't play a whole lot of other classes. Like I play hunters really and shaman. And that's pretty much the two that I feel the most comfortable with. I dabble with the other ones. Uh, but for shaman, like some of the things that I'm really excited about, and I've, I've gushed about this before, uh, simple things like uh, mana tide totem being back. That's massive. Um, it's something I've wanted forever. It only affects your regeneration, but that's really, really good. Uh, having a tool for a, as a healer that you can plop down and and you know give yourself a little bit of boost outside of just potions. Yes, please. Uh, mana shield. Uh, so basically, or water shield. You get your little floaty orbs of watery goodness again. Uh, it's starting to feel like the class of old a little bit. Um, not 
perfectly, but it's it's nice seeing some of these older abilities coming back, at least for me as a primarily Restoration Shaman. The other thing that I'm super, super excited for uh, is hunters get the increased taming capability now. So if you are a hunter, uh, like my main character or second secondary character, what I'm going to do uh, as I'm first thing after this podcast is done, I'm going to go tame Elagon because you can go tame Elagon now. Uh, you get so much more in the way of options and variety as far as taming uh, creatures. It's feeling a little bit more like being a hunter because it's like, I want that animal. It's my companion now. I'm okay with that. There's, it's just, I don't know. Like it, it it's, I'm trying to figure out how to put it into words. It almost feels like capturing that magic feeling a little bit that I felt back during the early days of WoW and Burning Crusade, where, like, there's this, here's everything. Figure out how you want to play. Uh, and I kind of I kind of miss that. So I'm happy that they're they're doing that. The deep pruning is, is real. So, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I was actually in the barbershop, so if people wanted to see the UI, they could. Um, one of the things that I really, I don't know how to put this, because it's not, as easy as saying, well, they've, you know, they've brought back the class of old. They haven't brought back the class of old in the case of warriors. And I am thankful for it because we were way too limited. Uh, but there's a lot of, I've been like, I've played through my death Knight a little bit. I've messed around with that. I've played with my paladin. What I like is that classes feel like classes again. Yeah. Like there's stuff that you will always have. Yes. Being arms is different than being fury and being arms or fury is different than being prod. But the same, there's a lot of the same basic tools, and I like that. I like that the classes feel united in that fashion. Um, my Death Knight feels like a Death Knight. Not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Frost and Blood don't feel like different classes anymore, uh, and that's that's nice. I like that about it. I, I, I'm glad that they've made the decision to make the design feel united in that way. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out for every class. Uh, and because I can't, I, you know, I can't tell you, I do have that level 50 boost I could pop off and I could always, you know, say, okay, I'll create a mage and see how that works. I mean, I'm not going to come on, but I could, I, I could try that. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I should give mages another shot just cause I've been terrible at every mage I, I've ever played. I liked mages. I'm not even going to front. I, I legitimately enjoyed mage, uh, in battle for Azeroth. I was very happy uh, when our lovely listeners at home encouraged me very, very strongly to try one again. Uh, and I did. And it was a lot of fun. I and it wasn't it wasn't that horrible, squishy, like I'm going to get pasted feeling that I was so used to. I felt like I had options. And now it seems like that's even more true with everything that they depruned. So I honestly, Matt, give it a shot again. What's the worst that happens? You don't like it and you stop playing a mage? Yeah, well, I mean, but the thing is, then my my fifty boost is wasted. Uh, so I should maybe try and like the I should try and level it probably. Yeah. Instead. Why not? I mean, from what I, that's that that's a good segue into the leveling experience in Shadowlands. Uh, actually, one of the things they've done is from one to ten, you now can, especially if you're a new time player. But in the case of most people listening to this, you've been playing for a while. You have a choice between leveling in your original starting zone, or going to Exile's Rest. Exile's Rest is a 1 to Exile's 10 reach. tutorial level. It's Exile's Reach, thank you. Uh, it's a 1 to 10 uh, leveling experience. And it's very good. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of the best tutorials I've seen in an MMO. I agree. It's, I 100% it's really agree. Good. Um, it's not perfect. Like, I think t- to a certain degree that there's a, it is very much a tutorial zone. You you feel like you are oh, doing yeah. tutorial things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Um, that's fine. And th- there's some, one difference that comes to mind, having done it in both Horde and Alliance. Um, you come to a certain point where there's a quest to to do something. And the Alliance quest is to do it, and you basically do it the way it's intended. The Horde quest is, oh, it, it's basically based around Goblin versus Gnome Engineering. The Goblin Engineering tends to be more along the lines of, well, we were going to use this thing one way, but it broke, and now it's, it's turned into a death ray instead, so we're just going to use it as a death ray. That's fine. Yeah, we'll just go overhead. We were going to rampage through like with a giant boar, but we, it just blows everything we use it on up. So just blow everybody up with it then. Uh, and I, I, it's funny, and it's very evocative of the difference between Goblin and Gnome Engineering, whereas the Gnome Engineering works properly, and the mm-hmm. Goblin Engineering really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Honestly, it was one of the things that made it worth doing again, to, just on a Horde side, to see it. Because uh, there's nothing quite like hanging from like a, flo- a flying claw machine, uh, shooting everybody with a, with a growth ray that does not work properly. <laughs> it's just... It's 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 a fun time. I don't think that that's too much of a spoiler for you that one quest is like that. Otherwise, they're pretty similar experiences. There's not a ton of variety between them, which is fine. Um, but they are they're very well done. There's even a dungeon tutorial, and the NPCs in the dungeon are not very good at their jobs, which is great. It is fantastic yeah. because that that is the that is as close to an authentic experience as I can say that that prepares you know players for what dungeons can potentially be like because i remember my early days in dungeoneering and nobody had any clue how anything worked and it was bad uh not just standing in bad i mean like it was it was like the npcs will literally run ahead they don't like wait for you you know you're trying to like it's like oh my word this is unbelievable yeah. So yeah, but it's Exiles Reach is good. But once you get through Exiles Reach or the other experience, you get to level ten. When you hit level ten, uh, you can head. I, I the Exiles Reach takes you to Stormwind or Orgrimmar. I don't know if you can do this at other cities. I think maybe you have to go to Storm Stormwind or Orgrimmar. But you basically get the choice. Like, how do you want to level from ten to fifty? Do you want to do it in original Azeroth, which is Cataclysm Azeroth? Uh, you can, and you will never have to leave. Yep. Cataclysm Azeroth. Or you can go and you can do any one of the other expansions. You want to run BC? Yeah, you can. Wrath? Absolutely. Uh, Cataclysm itself, the, the the end game of Cataclysm? Yep, you can do that. Uh, Mr. Pandaria? Totally. Um, you can't do Warlords for some reason. That's not true. You can do Warlords. I just, my brain won't let me. Um, I'm sorry. I, I did a lot of Warlords, and for some reason, the only I, I can't do Shadow Moon again because it emotionally breaks me, and I can't do Frostfire Ridge because it also emotionally breaks me, and I refuse to care about that orc, but I do every time. <laughs> every he's time. Like such a, he's a jerk for so long, and then he finally pulls it out at the end. It's like, no, I don't want to like you. <laughs> but yeah, you can do Legion. You can do like you can, and you know, you can do if you don't choose, they'll basically send you to Battle for Azeroth, and yeah. you'll level from ten to fifty in Battle for Azeroth zones. And you will level fast. Compared to previous expansions, the leveling here is like, I think it's like five, six days if you're not pushing particularly hard to get to 50. Mm-hmm. It's it's not 
you know, you are going to be getting to max level relatively quickly. The the goal is if you want to, to go and explore older content, you absolutely can, or you can just get to level 50 as fast as possible. And it does not take a lot of time. Uh, people who are like super speed leveling types have been doing it in like a day or a few hours. But if you actually stop and pay a little attention, it can still take you. It doesn't take you very long. It's a few days. I'm, I personally am so far cautiously pleased with it. Um, I haven't tried every expansion, so I don't know how the scaling is. I've heard that some of the scaling for some of the older expansions is kind of wonky. Yeah, that's what I've uh, heard too. I've heard, and, and as Molly has pointed out in chat, uh, and it is not the first time I've heard it, is that Warlords is the fastest. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's Warlords. Uh, I, but I yeah, mind Warlords. I don't mind Warlords. Actually, I love the leveling in Warlords. You know that I did. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I did a lot of Warlords. So if there's expansions I have not done in a long time, really. I mean, I've I've done very little of Cataclysm content, so I might go do that on my first character through. I haven't decided. I haven't I haven't even like thought about leveling anybody to fifty, like right now. Um, I, I I have my hunter. I want to get up. My hunter's pretty close though. So yeah, I think all my everything that I really want to play right now is max level, so I don't really have to worry about anything aside from. Maybe if I want to roll something else, but I've, I mean, I spent such a time with that XP boost, just leveling everything. Uh, I probably am going to roll something else. I just don't know what I'm going to roll yet. I yeah. Mean, I mean, so at max level, max level right now, I have Paladin, Hunter, Druid, Shaman, of course, Warrior, Mage, and Priest. No, my Priest, maybe, you know, maybe I'll level my Priest. I haven't, I have, I don't think I have my Priest at max level yet. Yeah. I have. Right now, of characters I have within reach of max level are my shaman, my hunter, and like several other warriors because you know that's me. I have three warriors at max level right now, and the the, the death knight and the paladin. So, I'm I'm doing okay for for max level characters. I don't have anybody who doesn't wear plate at max level for the very simple fact that they would be useless to me as transmog farmers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because like, that's that's what I focus on. So. Ah, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should talk about before we go on to doing some emails and stuff. Um, there's a lot, but it's just like it's all kind of hitting me at once. Uh, I will I will mention really fast. Uh, in addition, Joe mentioned that the hunters can go and tame like cloud serpents and stuff. If you are an undead hunter, and I, I wrote a post about this today, so if you're an undead hunter right now, if you're a forsaken who's playing hunter, you get a head start in one area. There's undead tames coming in shadowlands there's a book that drops that teaches players how to tame various undead creatures if you are undead you can do it now without the book mm -hmm. so if you've always wanted to have gluth as a pet you can go do it go ahead go to nax and tame him uh there's multiple skeletal devil sores and bfa zones you can tame them um i don't think you can tame razan in the uh, dungeon. I don't think, I think you have to actually be level 51 to tame dungeon stuff. Yes. Uh, right now, so because that's always been the case. You always have to be a higher level than yeah. what you're taming or equal level, but because he's 50 plus, he's a rare. So I think he counts as higher level. Yeah. Um, but, but anything that's not in a dungeon, you can pretty much tame. Um, Elegon's tameable because Elegon is from a, from a raid from like three expansions ago. So you, you can tame him, but you can't stuff that's from the, you know, currently max levels 50 and that's the level of the various dungeons. Any of that stuff, you, you have to wait. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
you know, still there's a ton of undead mobs. There's a ton of undead devil sources. There's, uh, there's undead hounds, like I mentioned, Gluth. There's mul- like Princess and I forget the other one from uh, Ice Crown Citadel. You can tame them. Uh, there's there's Stinky. a ghost one. There's a void. There's a I think it's called a void hound. Not sure, but it's it's like a red ghostly version of Gluth, and you can tame it. Except you can't tame it yet because you can't get the book. It's only tameable by blood elves. Interesting. Because only it's it's because the thing the mob only spawns in the blood elf heritage armor zones when you when you go into the sunwell for the blood elf heritage armor. That's the only place that you can get it. So you could theoretically t- t- you know race change your you know if you you had a hunter who was a blood elf you could go tame the pet except you can't get the book to do it. But once the book is available, when Shadowlands is actually out, you could go tame it. And then you could race change if you wanted to, if you wanted to have that pet on a different hunter. But that's the only way to get it. So that's, that's one mob that I know you can only get if you're a Blood Elf. Because it spawns just inside that the Blood Elf Heritage Armor quest with the, the alternate version of the Sunwell that you get for that. Which, I mean, they, Blood Elves can't currently tame it you know undead can and you don't have a way in there unless you're blood elf so yeah it's it's unfortunate but there are still a ton of them that you can tame there's i believe the options are devil sores raptors birds of prey um wind serpents and hounds are the ones that there's undead versions of them that you can tame uh bendak you guys remember bendak he wrote a thing for unwowed about it so there you can go there and you can look at all the various options it's quite, it's a pretty big list. I mean, even with stuff that you can't tame yet, that's because it's not, it's like level, you have to be level 51 or whatever. So there's a few that, that are like that. I think anything inside of a dungeon is like that, but there's still quite a bit that you can get, you can find in the world. There's some world quest mobs that you, that you can tame. Uh, there's a lot. And it, it's, I think it's really cool. I don't play a, an undead hunter, but I honestly have thought about it because yeah, a big skeletal dragon a dinosaur following you around. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty neat pretty nifty. But yeah, it's, there's probably other weird little things like that happening right now. Like I know that as hunters in general, there's more fat families to tame. Joe mentioned that. So yeah, you, there's a lot you can do. I, I almost honestly really excited about this expansion, this patch. Uh, I will point out that we don't know when this is going to end. Like right now, we don't know when the pre-patch will become the patch. Uh, we don't know when Shadowlands will drop. We, we they, they made an announcement, I want to say last week, maybe two weeks ago, that they, they don't know when Shadowlands is coming out. It's It's been delayed, and they, they don't have a firm date set. I am fine with this. I'm This is not me complaining about it, but I just want you to be aware of it. You, you may be playing this for a while, mm-hmm. so you may want to pace yourself. Um, I don't think, as, as far as I can tell, I didn't get a quest when I logged in to go do anything special, but people are saying that there's a quest and I've missed it, which is fine. I wasn't really paying attention. I know that there's a cinematic and uh, we're not going to talk about it now, but there is a cinematic in game that kind of leads into what's going on with what we've seen. We already knew about the shadow, the shadowlands, you know, full cinematic. There's a, there's a game rendered one that shows you the direct aftermath of what happens. So uh, that's more of a lore watch combo though. I think, yeah, would you agree, Joe? I would agree. That's probably something we can talk about on this coming week's lore watch. However, we do have something from chat. Uh, this is a request from uh, Padilla who says that they hope that they didn't miss you talking about dual wielding flails yet. 
Uh, I don't know if you've missed it so much as I, you can do that if you have the flail attachment on your artifact weapon. I don't think I do because really? I didn't play prop very much. I didn't play prop all that much. Ah. In Legion. And I'm pretty sure the flail was just like a, was a rare thing. However, I can go look. Hold on one sec. We have the technology. We can do it. We can rebuild the flails, make them stronger. Kinda, maybe, sorta. <laughs> there should be more flails in the game. There absolutely should be. Yeah, see, Matt, currently, for those at home, I know this is riveting, Matt's going through his collection right now, just double-checking to see if he actually has it or not. But it should be under artifacts, right? Uh, no. They put the artifact stuff in the game... It, it, I, if artifacts will just show me fury artifacts right now because uh, I'm fury, fury spec, but, yeah. but I can look and basically find like my, my Legion artifacts should be here. If I have them, the, I think I should at least be able to find the ax. This is, I've already moved past Legion stuff though. So I don't think I have the flails or they don't count as they might. In fact, they might not count as, as maces. They might count as axes. Really? I mean... Yeah. Because, or swords, in fact, they might count as swords because the artifact has them as a sword. Oh, yeah, maybe. That would make but sense. Do, do, do. Using a logic. I, Here, I, so, honestly, I honestly hope we get a car we get models of more flails moving in the future, like please, Blizzard. I think that'd be real cool. Shard. I do actually have scale shards. It doesn't look like a flail. It's just a mace. So I may not have the flail. Yeah, I've got scale shard here, but it's not a mace. It's not a flail. I've got the mace and the axe. And the sword versions of Scale Shard here. But I didn't, like I said, I did not play Prot very much in Legion. So I did not actually get all the possible Scale Shard looks. So, sorry, Fidia. Um, <laughs> never was all that interested in the, the flail, to be honest with you. I think I think but, that's going to be a sad face from Fidia. <laughs> but as you can see here, I can actually transmog both of my fist weapons to the uh, Scale Shard axe if I wanted to. Even though, you know, Scale Shard is the shield... It's the weapon that goes with the shield. So you can actually do that if you have the uh, the flail appearance, uh, which I do not have. You can you could definitely transmog both of them in that fashion. And I think that's pretty neat. I actually need to play around with that, too, to see. Uh, that might be something to play around with Loader to figure out what I'm going to do for shield and weapon combo at this point. But what's interesting, too, uh, actually, guys, I'll show oh. you this. Oh, well, well, while you're waiting for that, can we also talk about how corruption's gone? Yeah, corruption's gone. In fact, if you want to look, I've got some corruption gear on. You can see that the corruption is just not active. It just grayed out. Yeah, not and not again, not that I had anything against corruption as a system. I'm just I'm super excited about it not being a factor anymore because I felt that it was really weird to try to like kit out your character while it was in effect. So it not being there anymore is really like it's relieving to me, if that makes any sort of sense. So, like, last night I equipped a shield on my shaman for the first time in two raid tiers because I didn't have to worry about corruption. And I was just yeah, like, not. yeah. Now, if you you notice here, I have got the various kinds of Stromkar available to transmog while I'm in Fury. And as a result of that, I can actually transmog my both of my swords that I'm carrying because I, I went up to Titan's Grip. I can transmog both of my swords to the arms warrior appearance. Nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, you see right here, I've got the arms warrior appearance on both of my weapons. Yeah. Warriors have such cool weapons. 
And uh, I could theoretically go and do the even more complicated transmog, uh, which will require me to go to ARM. So Joe's going to talk again for a bit. <laughs> well, I mean, we can also talk about other things besides transmog. We've been talking about that for a while now. No. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Well, welcome to welcome to transmog watch. <laughs> transmog, the real end game. <laughs> uh, this will be it, and I will shut up after this. But you'll see. Since I now have, I can also transmog the various Fury Warrior artifacts, which are two-handed weapons that you do wield. I can transmog just one of them. So I can have, for instance, the various War Swords of the Valajar as a one-handed weapon. So I could use this, the axe, which is a very cool axe. It looks kind of like Gorhel. I could transmog to that. So I can do that right now. I'm blowing through a lot of money. I don't have a ton of money, and I'm blowing through all of it, but I don't care. <laughs> At this point, guys, I will stop doing this because I'm sure it's riveting for people listening to it recording. I was going to say, but the written recording, we, see, we, we have questions we can get to, too. Yeah. But as you can see, um, as an arms warrior, I can be using one of the two weapons as a one-handed weapon. And you get to see a little bit of that flail action because there's, like, you know, bones that actually hang off the bottom of this thing that move around when you move around with it. So that's pretty cool. At any rate, that is also in the game the various artifact transmogs are now available without having to be in the spec that you you normally need to use it. Yeah. I... But yeah, we're going to move on to some questions now. Uh, as Joe pointed out, we do have questions to answer. Uh, if you have a question for the show, please either I email it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for this show and not lore watch, or you can ask us on the podcast on the queue uh, podcast and Q questions. Oh, I'm not, I'm totally missing those patron patron Todd Q and podcast questions channel. Wow. That was terrible today. It's all, it's or, hard to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Or you can ask us on our Q questions channel, which is not for patrons only. Uh, we will look in both of those uh, as we have been for the past few shows. Um, but yeah, Joe's going to read them to us now. So if you don't mind, Joe. Absolutely. So, uh, First one, hi, watchers. So we are all going to be mellowing out at level 50 for a while. What are you going to be doing until the Scourge invasion? All heroics and raids from vanilla through BFA are going to be max level for a little while. I know it's going to bust it in an imbalance, but hitting content at max level in a max level group might be fun. ICC anyone? MC with a full 40 or just a mythic five man? Uh, I The formatting on this is weird. Is, it, is this from Easy Target? I, I believe so. Yeah. So working on a decent D&D question, easy target. Um, I'm probably just going to be trying to level some alts up a little bit and maybe just sort of taking a relaxing time before everything starts really kicking off. Uh, that's me personally. Well, I think my guild and, and Molly is currently in chat and she can keep me honest. I think we were talking about maybe trying to do mythics again. Um, or as we call them, or Mythic Plus is Bidoofs. Don't know uh, how that's going to work out, if we're going to still do that or how everybody's feeling about it. But I think I'm just going to be kind of hanging out with the, the my guild, kind of taking it easy and getting ready for Shadowlands release. What about you, Matt? Um, honestly, I don't know that it's actually the case that all raids are going to scale up. In fact, I don't think I don't uh, think that is. So, since I'm relatively close, I'm going to actually point myself at a raid and see about going to find out about that. I'm trying to think of which would be the... Karazhan would be, because I'm in, I'm in Dustwood, so I'll head to Karazhan. 
But yeah, while I'm thinking about that, because it's an interesting, uh, I I know I'm gonna like I said, I think Joe is right about the leveling some alts. I'm definitely considering doing that. Um, but as to other things, I don't really know. I I I'd like to just mess around. I mean, it's one of the things I like about this particular point of the game is yeah. you can just mess around for a bit. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you have this... It's not often in this game, especially recently in the last couple expansions where they've put everything in uh, with all these things to keep us busy at max level. Um, I call them wizard chores. Uh, but it's not often you get a lull. It's not often you get this this thing where there is no immediate pressure to do anything. Uh, and I think that's one of the cool bits about it. The, the event's not kicking off. This is the get used to things period again. And I'm all for that. Um, I think that's really, really good. You know, he might be right because the demons outside Karazhan are level 45. Outside the world scales to your current level, though. Yeah, well, let's find out if, if uh, Karazhan does. But Spenbeard in, in, in chat says that ICC today was scaled to 35. Well, I just ran into Kara and... But isn't Kara not a raid anymore? Isn't well, it? No, a... Kara's still a raid. He's a level thirty-one elites. Yep, there you go. Okay. Kara's on ten player. Instance locks are scheduled to expire in six days. Let's see how well I do killing these things. Um, Auto Luke in chat's asking if the it came from a blog guild is still a thing. Uh, I don't think we've maintained it in a long time. I don't think we've really done an in-game community for a bit now. Um, it's it's pretty time consuming <laughs> uh, to say the very least, not just because, you know, it's running a guild, but also, there are a lot of y'all. It was also associated with a website that's no longer out there. Exa- yeah. The, the, the well, longer begins to us, right? So. I, I know full well, I'm the guild master. Um, so I know that, that I could theoretically log over and do actually, I don't know if it was me or if it was Mike. Somebody was the guild master. I think it was Mike. Yeah. 99% sure. But yeah, so. but yeah, I just did that and let's see, plate. It's uh I mean, this is Karazhan. it's nothing tremendously uh challenging, but but yeah, you the, know, he the, died and he dropped two things. Yeah, so the the content, the raids should be scaled to the zone or expansion that they should theoretically be slotted into. Yeah, this is definitely not uh an expansion that is scaled to me whether or not you know, the stuff outside was level 40 something. But I think I'm the not... real challenge is going to be figuring out what, with the new abilities and squish and everything else, how soloing those raids is going to be. Because I think yeah, that's I'm, going to shift a little bit. I'm sure there are harder raids to do. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually thinking about trying to go some, do some Legion ones at some point. But at any rate, uh, we do know now, to, the definitive answer to that part of it is that the, the raids don't all scale to level 50. Uh, so you can, you can still go solo at least some of them, and you can't just use them as, you know, end game stuff for your, you know, if your guild decides to want it wants to go run uh, Thomas Tomb of Sargeras, I don't know how hard it will be for them to do, but uh, it's it's at least the intent was to not make it much harder to solo. I don't know how well they've worked that out, but, but we can experiment me, and find yeah, out. Yeah, but as for me, uh, I. I think I'm just gonna like I like I said I'm gonna mess around. I might do some transmog farming because you know it's me, but in general I'm not super. Oh, I'm not super. 
thinking about what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play around. I probably will also spend some time on my hunter taming some pets. I have to go get Elegon still after all. <laughs> um, all right. Our next question. Hey there, observers of all things involving severe snowstorms with high winds. Uh, moment aside, I appreciate that when you guys come up with different ways to say Blizzard Watch. I really do. I like that. Uh, I was watching a trailer for an old MMO involving a warrior fighting off some skeletons. The warrior in question defeated the skeleton by stabbing it through its empty ribcage. And as as it recoiled in pain, he kicked it off a cliff. I found it quite absurd, but then it made me think, how do you actually canonically kill an undead character in Warcraft lore? Sorry if this question seems obvious, but if they're already dead, how does one actually go about ending one stay awesome fellas uh mantra sun human paladin uh i think the answer is usually kill it with fire i uh, do enough damage to it so that it falls apart um one of yeah. the things about the one of the things about undead in world of warcraft is that they are still decaying yeah like i mean that's one of the reasons we talked about this on lore watch recently that they they're rotting like mm-hmm. they're falling apart and there are a lot of undead. The reason that undead are sometimes missing jaws or have stuff stable to them is because they're actually being maintained by like reattaching parts to them. Sometimes not even their original parts. I, I make the joke comparing it to like death becomes her the movie, but it really is that like, it's, it's this, you are any trauma or damage you cause to the body is going to cause a lasting uh, degradation to the whole. Uh, so yeah, like, deal enough trauma to it and it will just stop being a thing. That's, that's pretty much all you have to do. Yeah. But I mean, your point is valid about, you know, stabbing a skeleton through the quote unquote heart shouldn't do much because, you know, they don't have one. That's, that's a fair point. But the, on the, the flip side of that is there, you're using a sword, the size of a boat. So jamming that through something's chest will probably break quite a few bones. Um, yeah. That's how rib cages work. Their cage is made of bone. So, yeah. I'm it's, in a rib cage of emotion. Yeah. But yes. All there, right. There's, there's a lot. I, I, World of Warcraft, man. I mean, it's look at the old, swords I've got on my back right now. So it's it, we talk about it a lot, but it's it's an old trope. Uh, if you look at some of the old like tabletop fantasy RPG books, you'll see like the whole classic skeleton thing with adventurers fighting it. Uh, and like they tried to do the thing where, oh, they're resistant to slashing damage because they don't have meat on their bones. But even then it was like, yeah, it's just it's a ridiculous premise. Suspe- suspend some disbelief. Maybe they got some uh, invisible man magic organs that they, they, they got hit with. You never know. It's entirely possible. Um, Our next question comes from Tando from Scenarian Circle. Question for Blizzard Watch. With the continuous reporting of Activision taking over over more of Blizzard, it makes me nervous that Blizzard of old is at an end of its life. What are your opinions regarding the future of Blizzard games? Separately, what are your opinions regarding Dreamhaven? Thanks, Tando. Uh, I mean, I don't have an opinion about Dreamhaven yet because they haven't done anything yet. But, I mean... If you have enough old ex-Blizzard employees in one place, it, it does feel a lot like it's Blizzard. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that. I, I, I've i been hearing that Blizzard has lost its way and that Activision has taken over and that they're, they're a different company now since 2012? Yeah, give or take. I mean, I mean, Blizzard has been in the constant process of changing this whole time. It No, it isn't the Blizzard of old, and it hasn't been the Blizzard of old since like this this game has during this game's lifespan it has changed rat- radically 
the company has changed, this game has changed, other games have changed. Um, Blizzard has seen people come and go, and it will continue to see people come and go until it isn't isn't a company anymore. Um, I, I I've met a lot of people there I liked. Uh, some of them don't work there anymore. Some of them still do. Uh, there's been a lot of people who I've always got time to listen to how they describe stuff. Um, like when 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 Greg Street left, mm-hmm. I remember thinking this is a big deal, and it was a big deal, and it's always a big deal when somebody who is formative or has a direct influence on the on the games you play leaves those games change or you know it, it's just the nature of things yeah that's at the same time ian Hazacostas is still working there and i will always be here to listen to what ian Hazacostas has to say uh that is i don't i i feel like i've stepped on joe there i i, I just no. wanted to throw that out so but go ahead it, you're you're hitting on exactly what i was going to say is that Change is inevitable, and it's sort of like the whole cliche thing to say, but the longer something stays in existence, the longer it is to become something different than when it started. Uh, And we often look at those things with rose-tinted lenses and and sort of attribute different things to them than maybe they were. Uh, Blizzard made a whole bunch of really great games that we all love. These, These IPs were fantastic. They were born out of weird circumstances and perfect timing. Uh, WoW is a game that on paper should not have done as well as it did, but it captured lightning in a bottle uh, and it just sort of ran with it ever since. Uh, Starcraft and Warcraft universe in general, those were things that were just products of, of perfect timing and placement. And Blizzard's been around for a long, long time. Look at some of the other games that they've created and where they where they went from. Look at Lost Vikings. Look at uh, was it Blackstone? Um, there, though that that's where they started. Rock and roll racing. You mean Blackthorn. Blackthorn. Excuse me. Uh, Blackthorn. Rock and sorry. Uh, rock and roll racing. It, it's one of those things where. Um, I'm trying to think how to phrase it you're never going to be exactly where you started. And the blizzard you remember may not be the blizzard that the next person remembers because people started with the game company at a different time. Um, we joke a lot about calling them wrath babies or, or uh, BC babies or whatever. And everybody comes in at a different point. And we talk about this a lot. They all have different views on the game. You know, they have different things that is their version of Warcraft just in that little microcosm itself. Right. Uh, and like Matt said, people come and people go from the company and things will shift. Stories will change. Priorities will change. Uh, but what happens in the boardroom, we're never going to know. We're not going to know all of it. We're always going to be making guesses and, 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 you know, taking shots in the dark. But at the end of the day, the thing that I would say is always remember that Blizzard is still a company no matter who they're associated with and they still want to make money to keep the lights on. So, and as far as Dreamhaven's is concerned, like I said, I, I don't have much of an opinion until something actually comes out. Yeah. I will say that seeing some of the names that they picked up, I am very interested in seeing what comes out. Uh, what do they do next? I am very once when I hear that they've got a game, I will be looking at it. I, I am that much. I can say, uh, but I don't yeah. feel like I can say anything else because, like I said, they don't they don't have anything yet, and that's fine. Um, they're gonna t- it's gonna take some time. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the other company that uh, got started a few a couple years back uh, by a lot of ex people, uh, including some pretty big names like Ron Pardo. Um, 
I can't remember the name of the company right now, but they've been out for like four years, and I don't think they've announced the game yet. Uh, that that's just something that happens in this industry, and you just kind of have to live with it. So we'll see when when we have something to see. Uh, I certainly am interested in in what brought this about, but to be honest, when it's Mike Morheim, I'm not surprised people wanted to go work for him. Um, if you told me, hey, you know, Mike Morheim's hiring, I'm I'd be interested. Yeah, and so, I'm sure everybody that sent him email said the same thing. I, yeah, but we don't know enough yet, and it's one of those things where my opinion on Dreamhaven is, I'm curious to see what happens, but I don't know what's going to happen. My opinion is, I'm excited for more uh, higher profile potentially things to to enter into the market, and that's a fancy way of saying that I have no idea what Mike's got planned, and we'll see what happens with Dreamhaven. Uh, anything else to add to that before I move on? No, I think we're good. Our next one comes from Titsemi. Question for Blizzard Watch Podcast and or the Q. From this tweet, and it's a link to Christy Golden's tweet about something's coming, uh, sounds like we're getting a cinematic soon, TM. Uh, what, who do you think it involves, and how would you respond to the question? And, and, and how would you respond to the question? We got a data mind one today. I'm not going to go yeah. too far into it. So... Uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about it, but we now know it's not a question. It's not a speculating anymore. We know what it is. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, at this point, I just I put this in the email and then it got data mined out. So, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Sorry, uh, me, but you know, <laughs> at least, you know, we read your email. Yep. Um, our next one. Hello, Blizzard Watchers. So I'm confused about something when it comes to shaman. Shaman? Shaman? What? What's the plural? Uh, it's shaman, by the way. Uh, and their powers. They get to talk to elementals, but also ancestors? Why? Is the ancestor part of shamanism similar to necromancy? What do giant walking masses of elemental fury have to do with my grandpa? Uh, you can go for it first. I'll, I'll carry up the rear on this one. I mean... You can you can make the case that one of the one of the things they've talked about from the earliest days with shaman is the idea that there were actually five elemental forces, not four, and the fifth elemental force was spirit, and that's not too dissimilar from the concept of anima that we're seeing in Shadowlands, mm-hmm. which would imply that yeah, in a way, it is necromancy. It's talking to spirit things. Whether those spirits are the spirits of dead people who've been released from their bodies or just the raw spirit energy of an entire world. Azeroth, for example, had elementals in conflict. The, the four elements were all in conflict because the fifth element, the anima, the spirit of the world, was being absorbed into the, the nascent titan inside of it so that it could be born. Whereas Draenor, the elements were kind of chill with each other because they weren't doing that. There, the, there was plenty of spirit energy to go around. They could all partake in it. And so... That's it's interesting that shamanism from Draenor tended to be a much more I don't want to say convivial, but I can't think of a better way to put it. It was more cooperative. You'll notice that the shamanistic traditions that are directly from Azeroth tend to be more aggressive. Like goblins came up with a shamanic shaman tradition that was barter based. Um, the, the Tonka and the Yangal were very much punch it until it does what you want. Um, Trolls are, you know, were very heavily ancestor oriented and were also kind of into eating people. Yeah. A little so bit. they were like, they were like a whole thing about, you know, if we eat, you know, we eat them, we get to partake of their spirit. And, you know, that's the, the, the only, the only shamanistic tradition on Azeroth that was relatively chill seems to be 
the the Torin one, and that one was probably a reaction to the fact that the Tonka Pandaren and the, too. Yeah, Pandaren. I yeah, Pandaren are pretty chill about everything. So, but there's a lot of that in in Azerothian shamanism where it's it's interesting that of all the people, Orcish shamanism is fairly cooperative. Mm-hmm. It's much more about going along and getting along. Uh, so, I, I think that there is a connection. I, I would argue there is. There's a a place between the things that we've seen so far. I think that's definitely something that I want to see more of in Shadowlands. But I definitely think there is a connection between the the thing where you talk to elements and the thing where you talk to your your dead grandpa. Um, not not that you really get to talk to your dead grandpa all that much in shamanism. I haven't seen a lot of you know what's grandpa think, <laughs> uh, but but that would be kind of cool actually. So. I have a lot to say on this, so I, I apologize in advance. This is one of those hold like carryovers from real life that sort of move into shamanism inside of the uh, inside of the game, right? Uh, so there were four classical elements in philosophy: earth, air, fire, and water. Um, and I believe it was Aristotle that noticed that something was missing, and that we're talking like back in Grecian days, uh, where what ties them all together. And it was this idea that yes, these are physical substances, but even when in terms of talking about like gods and and goddesses and sort of the manifestation of these sort of primal elemental forces, there was something missing. And that's where they came up with this idea of there being this spirit, this as another entity, this almost like intellectus that sort of tied everything together that became sort of this binding nature between all four of these generally uh, diametrically opposed forces and and elements. Um, If you go back through non-Christian religion, uh, go through proto-Iranian religion, go through proto-Grecian religion, go through uh, proto-Russian religion. You go through a lot of those early, early, early um, uh, proto-Hindu religions, like go through those early versions of religion. And the same concept is there and present among all of them. There are these primal f- elemental forces, but there is always this this sort of like... <sighs> binding energy between them this middle point and that was always referred to as as spirit or aether or ashka um there's a ton of names for it and this was actually a big part of my life growing up when i studied uh world religion was sort of learning around this and warcraft takes a bit of all of that in terms of their shamanism um so you'll find sort of this element and i think the closest to it is um, if you were to look at modern religions, there is a form of druidry that is practiced um, various places uh, across the world right now, including the United States, where um, there's this this idea of not ancestor worship necessarily, but calling upon their memory for guidance. And that's more what shamanism does here. So when you see a shaman interacting with the spirit of their ancestors, it's not necessarily an exact one-to-one conversation. It's sometimes show me what you remember. Give me the memory of this event. Give me guidance in the form of your wisdom more than anything else. Um, Northrend, and when we did Wrath of Lich King, showed that probably more than anything else, which I think is really appropriate considering Ner'zul and the Lich King and all the other stuff. Um, when you're going through the village of the Vrykrul, and you're taking that, uh, you get everything together for that potion, and that potion kicks you into the Shadowlands, and you're looking at the history of that place, the echoes of spirit in that moment, 
you're doing that through shamanistic traditions. You're calling forth the memory of it. And the interesting thing to me, and one of the reasons I've been so excited about Shadowlands, is that it dives headfirst into that. Because now we're starting to see that what we're calling apart, maybe that's the memories that were pulled off from Bastion. Maybe that is uh, the echoes of, of ripples of power from them fighting in Maldraxxus or uh, the pieces of the animal that were stripped away in Revendreth uh, or the dreams of those sleeping in the pods uh, in Ardenweld. And it's this wonderful encapsulation of it because you can draw upon all of that and see exactly how wow shamanism can integrate or, or call upon any of that. And Matt's absolutely right that it's, you know, with the elements there was sort of, they have this level of spirit about them, but they're not the only creatures. They're not the only entities in the entirety of the universe that have it. So if you can tap into it, which we know Shadowlands is pretty much all about tapping into that anima, reversing the anima drought and, and digging through that, that it would make sense that if shaman can pull upon these primal energies to throw fireballs and, and lightning and healing water out of nothing and, and make these bargains with these sentient uh, or sentient uh, elementals, why couldn't they tap into that anima power, which it permeates the entirety of the universe? Nowhere is a place where it doesn't touch, at least that we know of yet. Um, so I think that's, it's kind of a cool I don't want to say like it makes shaman a little more important, but it makes me feel a little more attached to the Shadowlands in that regard. Um, I know that's probably a whole lot of information I'm throwing at you all at once, but that's kind of what shaman and wow do. It's not necessarily calling up grandpa and saying, Hey, let's go play catch one last time. It's, it's give me the memory, give me the power of your wisdom in this moment so that I can interact. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. Otherwise I'll be here for several hours. <laughs> anything else you want to add to that one uh no because i think we're pretty much done <laughs> yeah unless you want to do the last one before we call it good oh just one more okay sure yeah because we have one more question from shad uh we'll do this real quick before we call it uh an end for you guys uh but question for the blizzard watch podcast from shad now a zandalari who's happy in his new body and wishes reality could be as simple as that for those who are not happy in theirs anyway i was watching the shadowland cinematic again when i logged in and i just realized something was bolvar the lich king longer than arthas was he lich king longer than nerzul i think yes to arthas nerzul how long was he sitting on the throne not that long, really. Just just for the Warcraft three. Yeah. So if he was only there for that one that one war, which Arthas was, what? was there for at least a few years. Uh, yeah. Exactly off the top of my head, but yeah, I think there was a, a couple years for. Because how long was it between? No, damn, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Arthas was longer than Nerzul, so yes, and Bolvar was longer than Arthas, so yeah, Bolvar had that crown on and sat on that throne longer than both of them, possibly longer than both of them combined. Yeah, he's been he's been Lich King for quite a few years. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, I I can't. I don't remember off the top of my head because it's not a one for one thing. It's not literally as many years as it's actually been, but it's not very far off either. So yeah, absolutely, I would say that Bolvar was Lich King longer than anybody. Yeah, which is interesting, especially moving into Shadowlands, because that means he has more insight than any of the other ones really have. He's had longer to yeah. peer into the Shadowlands and dive in, I don't want to say dive into the power of the helm, but understand it more intimately than they've, than they had the opportunity to, which I think is kind of cool, actually. 
because it's a very Bolvar thing to do. <laughs> Considering we saw echoes of both Arthas and Nurzel inside the Shards of Frostmourne mm-hmm. when we reforged them, if you did the artifact weapon stuff, um, it's quite possible that the two of them have been hanging around watching what's been going on this whole time. I don't really know. Of the of the people who've been Lich King, though, I mean, Nurzul was flayed alive and placed into the Helm of Domination. Arthas was actually, you know, taught, he, he lost his soul to Frostmourne and then became the Lich King. I don't know if he got his soul back at that point. Um, it's quite possible that Arthas had happened to him what we saw happen to uh, Uther in the cinematic. We don't really know. Um, and Bolvar is like the only one who never held Frostmourne. Yeah. He never used it. No, he never did. He never even had a shard of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Nurzul had it in the cask with him. He actually shoved it out. That's how it got out of there. It got out of the frozen throne because he pushed it out in order to have it be found by Arthas. Um, but yeah, Arthas used it and had it the whole time. Uh, Uther is the only one who never interacted with it. It was broken Bolvar. before he... Yeah, Bolvar, sorry. Uther. <laughs> Uther. <laughs> that would have been a different Lich King. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Bolvar has been the Lich King longest, and Bolvar is the only one who never touched Frostmourne. Yeah. So, but he, he definitely touched the, the Helm of Domination, though. Well, with that, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, again, if you have an email for the show, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch. Or you can go to our Discord server and go to the Patreon Q and Podcast Question Channel or the Q Questions Channel and leave a question there, and we'd be happy to answer them on the show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we'll be here again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.